0: Welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we are going to break down the Fantasy Football Team Preview for the Washington Football Team. This will be the last edition of the NFC East. After that, we will be continuing all 32 teams all right, right up until week one. So without further ado, your 2020 Washington Football Team Fantasy Football Team Preview. Now, it's a great story seeing Alex Smith you know, get the pads back on he, you know, could have easily hung it up and those 17 surgeries or whatever it was, like, my goodness. But I think it would be borderline coaching malpractice not to let Dwayne Haskins continue to be the guy. You know, if eight weeks go by and the guy's struggling, okay, then we can have a conversation. But I think the idea that Haskins was written off after, let's see, he first he gets thrown into the fire against the Giants halfway through the game, and you can say, Okay, they're a bad defense, but you know, remember it's a situation that he wasn't even being remotely prepared for, seemingly. And then he gets thrown into another game halfway through against the Vikings. And then finally, the coaching staff, you know, pulls their hands back and go, okay, you know, Dwayne, we've been throwing you in the middle of these games. Now, go into Buffalo for your first career start. I mean, just, you know, and you put in the reality that, what, who was he throwing to other than Terry McLaurin all last season? The offensive line was a joke, and that the entire Bill Callahan game plan was seemingly to give Adrian Peterson, 20 plus carries up the middle. So, could not have been a worse environment for Haskins to play in. And yeah, you know, the results were awful. You look at his overall QB rating, 38th. His QB rating on deep balls, 35th. Under pressure, 27th. Kept clean, 39th. Like, there was no good metric takeaways from Haskins' season as a whole. But again, with that context, you know, bad scheme, bad weapons, and you know, just brutal start to the season in terms of what he was asked to do. There were times where he did look like the same guy that broke Drew Brees' all-time record for most touchdowns in a season in the Big Ten. I mean, by the end of the year, you know, games against the Eagles, Packers, uh, Giants, all of a sudden Haskins was making a hell of a lot of nice plays. I mean, Haskins had this one throw against the Jets where it, the play actually didn't count; he got called back on a hold, but dude literally whipped the ball across his body almost 60 yards downfield and hit McLaurin in stride. I mean, the arm talent is there. You know, I know we all laughed at Stephen A. Smith when he called Haskins his uh, dual threat guy uh, back in the day, but, you know, he's never been that quarterback. The guy has a rocket. He is incredibly talented. Like, I'm not giving up on him yet. Unfortunately, the you look at the team this year, and okay, they added Antonio uh, Gandy-Golden, you know, a couple tight ends to help, but... Like The fact that Terry McLaurin is still just far and away this offense's number one wide receiver, I guess depending on what happens with Antonio Gibson, Uh, but it's just troublesome. You would have liked to see them go out, get a few more weapons for Haskins because, again, he did flash some of the real high ability that made him the first round QB in the first place. It was just more of a matter of, I think, similar to what Josh Rosen has gone through in his first two seasons. Like They were just... Other than you know, the top five, 10 QBs in the league, I don't know who would have made that Washington offense. You know, look anything other than uh, miserable for most parts of last year. So, uh, not giving up on Haskins just yet, but it is concerning that you know there's not more uh, going his way in 2020, other than you know a natural year two leap and uh, you know some new coaches that'll hopefully make a more uh, scheme-friendly system for him. So. The good thing is, you know, ideally we kind of know what's going on there. Again, maybe Smith takes over at some point. I kind of doubt it great story but Haskins should be the guy. Now the running back room is where things get messy because you know with Darius Geis out of the picture it's looking like Adrian Peterson will be the starter but Bryce Love should be the guy that you know comes and also sees a lot of reps and then we have you know reports out of training camp that Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick are getting all the pass down work they can handle and oh yeah Peyton Barber is also emerging as the uh, as the group's best pass down back. So it is an absolute mess, and honestly, I'm going back to Antonio Gibson here. and I'm not drafting him in the top five or six rounds like some of you psychos out there, but the guy, I mean, just evaporated seemingly some of PFF's college football broken tackles. I mean, I'm not sure what they're putting in the food in Memphis to get these just bonker seasons out of Pollard, Gibson, you know, uh, Daryl Henderson, some of the things he was able to do. but. I mean, the fact that Gibson is this, you know, six foot, 230 pound guy with sub 4 4 speed, he can catch and run. Like, this incredible versatility is almost being used against them. Oh, where are they going to play him? That's for the coaching staff to figure out. And the reality is they spent a second round pick on the guy to put him in this unproven running back room, in this unproven wide receiver room. I mean the ceiling is a roof for Antonio Gibson if they can just figure out a way how to get this dude ten plus touches per game. Unfortunately, he you know, he's being listed as an R B in all these leagues and it'd be much better if he was a wide receiver that had an RB workload and also you know five targets per game just you know that it'd be so rare at the position you'd be able to get I think more value out of him if he was designated as a receiver so you know at, at running back it's a little bit worse and you know we prefer but I just think by week week six, week eight, maybe, you know, Gibson could be the guy. And, you know, Ron Rivera throwing around that, hey, Gibson has a similar skill set to Christian McCaffrey comparison. You know, I would never make that comparison. I think mean, comparing rookies to multi-time all, you know, to future multiple-time all pros is uh, a bit ridiculous. But, you know, similar to when Andy Reid comped uh, Claude Edwards-Holera to Brian Westbrook, when it's the guy's own head coach making a comparison, we should probably be listening. But with that said, I mean, Bryce Love, also deserves some credit here. I know it's not the same coaching staff that got him, but you know, he was—he only won the fourth round last year because of that injury. I mean, so much big play upside. I mean, if this gets down to just Bryce Love and Antonio Gibson, that could be a fantasy friendly backfield. Now, unfortunately we got Peterson, McKissick and Barber to try to figure out. But man, eventually, hopefully we get down to two backs with just Love and Gibson. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be immediate, but I'm fine taking later round flyers on Love and Gibson. You know, don't use, again, don't use a top six, maybe even top eight round pick on Gibson. I'm not that high on the guy uh, just in the early parts of the season, but just in terms of dynasty outlook, uh, I, I would definitely be lining up to get Antonio Gibson sooner rather than later from that aspect. Moving on to the wide receiver room. It's Terry McLaurin and everyone else. And okay, I, Steven Sims, we'll talk about him a little bit more, but just not expecting too much from uh, you know Antonio Gandy-Golden or whoever is gonna end up taking this number three role with Paul Richardson gone, Kelvin Harmon done for the season. It's, it's the Terry McLaurin show, and I mean, there's no reason why this guy can't push for some absurd target total. He only had 93 last year in 14 games, but, you know, would have cleared 100 with 16 games. I mean, 150 targets are on the table, and the guy deserves it. I mean, this is one of only nine rookie wide receivers, two average... Uh, uh, you know, this many yards per target since 2010. You look at the guys that average more yards per target than Terry, and we got Kenny Stills, AJ Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, Anthony Armstrong, Julio Jones, OBJ, Keenan Allen, Terrence Williams, and Debo Samuel. Like, okay, there's a few busts in there, but whole lot of all pros, too. And if you go back and just look at what McLaurin was able to accomplish last season, I mean, yeah, like he roasted the Eagles, but put on the first Cowboys game. You know, he's turning around Byron Jones and beating him for a touchdown one-on-one. Put on the Lions game when, okay, you know, he wasn't able to put up that big of stats on Darius Slay, but you go ahead and look at some of those incompletions, and he had Darius Slay in a pretzel a couple times. So the big thing going against McLaurin, to start the year was that he was just this world beater with Case Keenum under center, and we worried if he could do the same thing with Haskins. Well, you know, as we talked about, wasn't exactly the cleanest first few games for McLaurin and Haskins to get on the same page. And by the end of the year, we really did see them get on the same page on a much, much more consistent basis. Week 14, McLaurin had four catches, 57 yards, one touchdown. Week 15, five catches, 130 yards, another touchdown. Week 16, seven catches, 86 yards. I mean, that was on seven, five, and nine targets too. It wasn't just like Haskins was feeding the dude 15 looks per game. They showed the efficiency. Final three games of the year And like the idea that You know Only Case Keenum Could really enable McLaurin these great heights Was always kind of ridiculous To begin with You know Haskins, McLaurin Obviously uh, Do go back a ways With their Ohio State Playing days And again I think it's a situation Where we have So much open talent So much talent For McLaurin himself It's a screaming buy in you know Fancy football leagues Of all shapes and sizes Now Steven Sims Is the other Interesting option I mean this guy Ended the year With just you know big big lines five catches 45 yards one score six catches 64 yards two scores and end the season on five catches 81 yards and a score man i saw steven sims I, I didn't know much about him going into last year but you know he had that like 60 yard touchdown running as the patriots he had some really electric returns and i pulled up you know his player profiler pages to see what his athleticism was looking like and he clocked like a 4640 his pro day or something i don't know what He ate that morning because this dude, when he gets the ball in his hands, looks like one of the faster guys on the field. So Steven Sims should be that main guy in the slot. You know, probably Antonio Gandy-Golden as the other guy on the outside. We'll see what happens. But Steven Sims is the only other guy in this offense uh, in the passing game uh, mainly that is, other than McLaurin, that you know you should look to get with any sort of urgency. Even then, you know it wouldn't be shocking to see Trey Quinn, someone else, kind of take those targets away. But Sims does seem to have you know a decent level of talent, decent level of ability in the open field, so I'm not against throwing a late round pick on him. So that's the wide receivers. We're not going to spend much time on the tight end group. I mean we have Jeremy Sprinkle, Logan Thomas, Richard Rogers, Marcus Ball. You know, the, the, uh, Randy Moss's kid just got, uh, you know, released with an injury designation or put on IR with uh, an, an injury thing going on. So I just think last year, you know, we had Sprinkle playing almost a full-time role, was never getting involved, and now we have guys like Logan Thomas and Richard Rodgers that are going to make this a two-to-three tight end committee. Uh, do not touch any of these guys with a 10-foot pole in fantasy football land. So, you know, just a reminder to everyone out there, Before you do your drafts this year, I've been, you know, I've had my friends come up and ask me, you know, what's this good, quick draft strategy? And I've maintained, you know, unless you're doing one of these really contrarian, you know, win a million dollars, there's thousands of people competing tournaments, like do not go zero RB. Try to leave your first three, four rounds with at least two running backs and then go get your ball or wide receivers because, you know, go do some best ball drafts. You know, if you're gonna do them, go to underdog fantasy or go to a mock draft somewhere else just do one or two of these before you do, you know, your important redraft league with your friends and look at the running back landscape after the first four or five rounds. I mean, we spent these entire, you know, last two weeks on Twitter with people now coming out and backing Leonard Fournette as, you know, value at his ADP. We don't want risky players in the top halves of these drafts. You know, you're not gonna win your draft with your first three, four round picks necessarily, but you can absolutely lose it if you don't walk out with some good guys. So, you know, I am trying to get To the top 15 running backs in the first two rounds. And then why am I taking Leonard Fournette in round three over, you know, an Adam Thielen and Allen Robinson, who I both have as top seven wide receivers? You know, even a Calvin Ridley, borderline wide receiver one. I just. I don't get it. I think there's far too much risk, and he could meet value. I know. understand his RB seven last year. I I know a large portion of his targets came on first and second down. I'm very aware of you know Chris Thompson being you know this guy that has, as Washington fans know, uh, you know he, he can get hurt. But Jay Gruden did throw in the ball a ton. You know didn't mean for this to become a Leonard Leonard Fournette bashing part of this Washington football team podcast. But you know these best balls again. Go get your running backs early. Go do an underdog. Use code PFF. Get a free entry into the million-dollar uh, competition. And look, you know, if you can get get Leonard Fournette on the squad and win a million dollars using code PFF, kudos to you. I wouldn't do it, but hey, America, it's a free country. So, onto the ranks. Quarterback, I have Dwayne Haskins as my QB. 30, one spot behind Derek Carr. One spot ahead of Mr. Jared Stidham. It's just tough to really expect him to do much from a fantasy perspective. I mean, I have him, you know, pretty much as the last and least productive uh, quarterback that we're expecting to start. You know, the heavy majority of their team's games. And look, there's just there's not really any rushing upside. And again, like kind of Aaron Rodgers. While I would like to project Haskins and Rodgers to you know have a nice bounce back years, there's been a lot of good off season kind of storylines to indicate that. You look at the roster and what the front office has done way harder to make that uh, decision for those guys. So, um, running back, this one's tough, guys. I would put Antonio Gibson right there as my RB40, one spot behind Chase Edmonds, one spot ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. It's, you know, having him that, I feel like he's probably going to be gone before me in most drafts, and that has been the case recently since the Darius Geist news. Bryce Love is the guy where you know I have him a little bit lower, RB uh, 51, but I think he's the value. He's the one you're going to be able to get in more of these drafts and. You know, we'll see if AP can just keep chugging along, if they're going to keep giving them the ball. But, again, sneaky chance, I think, for an incredibly crowded backfield. But if Love and Gibson can emerge as the two studs that they should be and go get those touches with, you know, an assumption of rational coaching, which we all know doesn't always work out, I think that is a scenario where we would look back and be happy about those Gibson and Love selections. As a whole, though, you know, if you, if you walk away from these fantasy drafts without a Washington running back, you're you're not going to feel bad about that at all. Wide receiver, I have Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 16, one spot behind D.J. Moore, one spot ahead of Amari Cooper. These just undisputed number one pass game targets are undervalued, and you know, okay, I'm taking a little more of the proven talents before McLaurin, your D.J. Moores, your Beckhams, Juju's, Ridley, but man, I have McLaurin ahead of Cooper, ahead of Evans, who, okay, in a vacuum, who would I want, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, or McLaurin? Okay, McLaurin would be last there, but I don't see either Cooper or Evans having that same sort of shot out of 150 plus targets. And, you know, while I would take Cooper or Evans over McLaurin, I think the talent is close. I mean, PFF, you know, did name McLaurin the single best wide receiver in the NFC East last year from uh, their player grade. So I have McLaurin as like my top wide receiver, you know, undisputed wide receiver one on a bad team this year, it's all Terry McLaurin. Uh, Steven Sims is gonna be a bit further down the list, I have him as my wide receiver, 72, uh, behind Brashad Perryman, ahead of Danny Amendola, Russell Gage. I'm gonna do a little uh, rankings refresh here soon. Wouldn't be surprised if Sims, you know, creeps up more into that early 60 range. I don't think he's really a priority for redraft. There's enough guys that I would want ahead of him, like, you know, Randall Cobb, Brandon Ayuk, Alan Lazard, who I think are in better passing games even if Sims can be this team's number two pass game target. I mean, they barely enabled Terry McLaurin last year and that was really it. So uh, it's, I like Sims, but really not much front office backing. We're basing most of the hype around him on a real small sample at the end of the year. I do think he's talented, but definitely not someone you need to break your back to get in fantasy. And yeah, do not draft any of these tight ends, please. I would consider it a personal insult if you leave a fantasy draft with a Washington football tight end. So. Don't even do it as a joke. Come on, people. Don't do it. Uh, Washington football team win total is five and a half wins. The only team uh, with a worse win total is, I believe, the Jacksonville Jaguars at four and a half, and Washington's tied with the Carolina Panthers at five and a half. I am going to take under 5.5. I don't think this team is anything close to an 8-8 and unit. The one really interesting part about Washington uh, is if Haskins can really take a leap, there's like some, it's like they're two years away from being last year's 49ers. Because you just look at this defensive line, and they've been bad long enough that now they're just chock-filled with these first-round monsters. You know, with Derron Payne. Um, Jonathan Allen. Now we got Chase Young to compliment, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, who's obviously been doing his thing forever. And, you know, just Montez Sweat coming back from last year. I mean, that's five just beasts at the line of scrimmage. And unfortunately, you know, losing Dunbar and Norman, you know, just, you know, proving to be washed uh, by the end of last season. I mean, there's no real cornerback talent to speak of. And, you know, as PFF has, you know, gone into over the years, it, usually is better for a pass defense to have better coverage than pass rush doesn't mean having a great pass rush is bad i mean obviously you want great pass rush great coverage but you know it's interesting to see washington really load up on the d-line while you see other teams you know patriots dolphins chargers uh you know going on and investing more in the secondary so little little case study to be made there but i just don't think that d-line is going to be good enough to make up for another awful offensive line a likely you know well below average offense and everywhere else on the defense just looking pretty mediocre so i'm going under five and a half and i have the eagles winning the mc east so that's going to do it everyone thank you for tuning in this has been your pff fantasy football washington football team preview wow a lot of football to be said there thank you all for listening i'm ian harditz until next time take care everyone